This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It is Thursday, February 3rd. And we are here answering financial questions for any of you who have them, which is a lot of people, by the way. And you might have a lot of questions lately because markets are whipping around and maybe you have just a plain old tax question because, hello, it is tax season. Welcome to your tax season, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe it's something more esoteric. Maybe you've got a a, a career question. Maybe you're weighing two job offers. Mark, how many job offers are you weighing right now? Uh, zero. Mark is the only person where I tell him, like, you should talk to these people. And like, I work against my own self-interest. It has no, it has no impact though. So it doesn't matter. Well, it sometimes would, but you, you know, I have said to Mark, like people will call me and say like, I have this great job for Mark. Can I talk to him? And I'm like, of course you should talk to him because all I want is for Mark and you know, his career to be soaring and happy and all that stuff. I cross my fingers when I say, sure, talk to him. And then I call him up and I say, you should talk to these people. They're paying a whole bunch of money. There was one job that I thought you really were going to maybe actually get and take. Luckily, it kind of fell apart, luckily for me. But you weren't really ever serious about that job. You weren't going to go work for Craig again, were you? Uh, zero chance. You you say you just want me to be you know happy and successful. Like I, I feel like I am that right now. Like this is it. There's there's <laughs> there's no going anywhere else. Wow. I got my ego boost for the day. That's all I need yeah, to. Yeah. I mean, it is true. Remember when we interviewed um, what was his name? Brad Stolberg, who wrote mm-hmm. uh, the pra- something groundedness book. I remember in that book we were talking to him, and he had this really kind of weird career where he had huge success early in his life as a writer and researcher. And he wrote that, you know, one of those annoying like productivity books, like peak performance. And then what happened? He was diagnosed with a debilitating disorder. What was the disorder? It was, uh, it was uh, OCD. right? right. He had like a very severe OCD case. And then he said, figured had to figure out like how to get right right so he gets lots of therapy does this but then he starts doing research like how do you become grounded and who are the people who are grounded and happy and this was the thing that blew our minds when we interviewed him mark remember because he said like almost the the biggest thing about work is having control that resonates for me completely no price tag on that no i mean and and it does not to say that we don't work hard and we we probably but do you ever take a full day off mark or not no, I mean, I definitely work a full-time schedule, like putting out seven podcasts for one uh, show and then two podcasts for the other, then the radio show and then the daily features. It's a full-time job, but you and I both know that we're going to do our parts and we don't bother each other. And whenever it gets done, it gets done. Yeah. I think that the idea of like 
I don't have control like when the markets are going crazy. So I'm talking to you guys on a day where it's one of those crazy market days. And like now I have everyone tugging at me from CBS and I'm just mad about it. <laughs> even though that's part of my role there. Like I'm mad that I have to now figure out how to do a segment for TV. And now I got to figure out how to like make sure that everyone in the radio division gets what they need and do all this stuff and write my article and all that. And so really this is my joy, this show and our sister broadcast. These are, this is the joy of my life, which is I get to talk to real people about things going on in their lives. And Mark and I, get to kind of weigh in and help you out. And it's extraordinarily rewarding. That's the other part of it that, you know, I can't say it's like wildly rewarding to be, you know, necessarily being on the evening news, but it is, it's important and I want to do my job, but it is rewarding at such a different level talking to you guys about what's going on in your lives and joining us today to talk about what's going on in her financial life is Louise from Montana. Louise, how's the weather in Montana? Is it cold there? Is it good? Where, where, what's happening right now? It depends on your perspective. It's like 30 and snow's on the ground. So How much get, snow? Just a skiff, an inch in town, but there's a lot in the mountains. Do you ski? Um, I like to Nordic ski. Mm, that's a real deal. That's sort of like the beauty it sort of takes you out of that whole, like, I got to stand in a lift line. I like that. Okay. Louise in Montana, this is not a weather show. What can we do for you today? My husband and I own and live in a duplex. It's a historic carriage house in our, like, historic district. Um, so a lot of old mining cabins. It's got a lot of character. We back right up to 80 miles of single track trail. So wow, I tell you enough how much the location means to us. Oh, how much is um, the the duplex worth? Just under 300000 mm -hmm. by now. Is there a mortgage outstanding on it? Oh, yeah. Um, recently refinanced, and we're new homeowners. We bought it originally in 2019. So mm -hmm. uh, we probably only own like $50,000 of it. Okay, so there's a $250,000 mortgage. What's the interest rate? 325, pretty low. Okay, that's good. Is it a 30-year? Yes. Okay, great. It's your primary dwelling. This is where you, and, and do you rent out half of it or do you own the, are you living in the whole duplex? We rent out the bottom half. We definitely bought it with the intention of, you know, house hacking and being able to save money so that we could eventually purchase another property. Like I said, we really like the location and probably any other property in the same neighborhood is going to be another older house with lots of uh, projects. So, yeah, and, I mean, it, it's like the charm, but it's the reality of like, oh, we own an old house. I owned a historic house when I lived in New England. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. It's like the historic society has a plaque on it. It's really great. And then it's like, oh, to do anything, it's like uh, such a pain in the ass, right? <laughs> like any any work. And it's like like nothing sort of created with the modern day in, in mind and that's sort of the charm, but it, it's a pain in the neck. I get that. How much rent do you receive from the bottom half of the duplex? Eight fifty. Um, and I, to me, the whole mortgage plus like saving for maintenance and capital expenses is about a thousand seven hundred fifty. So it covers okay. almost half. That's great. If you were gonna rent out your half, your top half, 
uh, also, would it be exactly the same, like that same 850, or would it be more or less? Do you live in like sort of the better part or the worst part of the part of the of the house? It may be a little bit better, but uh, we could probably rent out the whole place for definitely at least two thousand. Um, oh, really? Because someone would want the whole thing. Well, the upstairs has access to a two-car garage and has uh, just a different layout with two. Uh, okay. All right. So if you wanted to, you could rent out the whole thing and it would cover your nut. And maybe you'd make a little bit of money also. Yes. Okay. Got it. And how much do you guys make, earn rather, as a living? Combined probably like a hundred ten or a hundred twenty thousand. My husband's an independent contractor. So uh-huh. Uh, we wind up expensing a lot, so mm-hmm. we probably adjusted. Maybe it's more like eighty thousand. Okay, and then it, do do you have a retirement plan that you're both using? Yes, I work for state government, and I learned recently preparing for this that I have a four hundred one a, so it's like a pension. So yep. I put in eight percent of my paycheck. My employer matches nine, but it ends up being some formula in the future. And you like it? You're going to stick around there? I like it here. Yeah. Does your self-employed husband have a retirement plan? He has been uh, less gung-ho about retirement than I have early in life, but probably three years ago, I set him up with a SEP IRA. And only this past year were we able to pretty much max that out. So hoping we can keep up on the trend of getting him into retirement savings. Uh, That's so that great, other, though. That's other. really great. How much did he put in? What was the max amount? Like, what was that based on his income? Because it's like 25% of your compensation. It's limited to 58000 or 50 I think it's sixty one this year. So what did he put into the SEP? It's through Vanguard. So it tells me that the max is 6000 are you sure you, it's not just a, a Roth IRA or a regular IRA? I was pretty sure it was a SEP, but uh, I'm also okay. definitely sure the max is 6000 at least according to Vanguard. Okay, so if it's 6000 then it's either an IRA or a Roth IRA, because that's, that's the magic number there, okay? Which is fine, which is great. If he's going to, you know, if it's $6,000, it's 6000 more than he was doing previously, right? Tell me how you guys are doing in general on your pension contribution, his retirement contribution, your income, um, you know, you've got the money coming from the other half of the duplex. Like, how's your cash flow? Um, it's pretty good. We have a lot of fun and like traveling and stuff. Um, well, that's great. So, I mean, I know you always ask about emergency savings. We probably only have about two months. So mm-hmm. $6,000 for us. We want more. But, 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 but we also have like pretty healthy, uh, like house emergency and car emergency. Okay. Um, so you have like an emergency reserve fund, but then you have two other emergency reserve for very, <laughs> you've, you've like split out what the potential emergencies could be. Yeah. I'm kind of neurotic about savings categories. I have. Okay. So like- wait a second. So if you look, <laughs> add up all of the categories for me and just tell me what you have. That would be just shy of 20,000. Okay. And you said you spend about three grand a month. Yes. Yeah, so almost seven months. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, 
we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. So now, here, here's what I want to know from you. What's the, the core issue that drove you to write into us? Well, there's a couple scenarios where we could see not wanting to keep a tenant downstairs. Um, mm-hmm. If I were so fortunate to become pregnant, would be one and using that space for family. And my husband obviously works from home and yeah. You could like, we could redefine your space in a much different way if you had both sides, but then you lose your income. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a scenario where you're like, let's number one, let's sell it and just buy a single family house or number two, let's keep it and get something else and have two grand a month coming in? Yeah, I think long term, that would be nice to set us up for. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess my ideal scenario, we would have enough money to keep saving for that, but also be able to occupy both units and like, you know, update the downstairs a little more. Mark, ask your questions. I think I asked a lot. So I'm going to let you jump in here. My main question was, if they lost the rental income, how comfortable would they be paying the whole monthly nut on their own? The amount of money that we save for our next property now is like the same as that rental income. So, you know, that's one obvious place we could make up the difference, but then we're not working towards that longer term. Right. Tell us what you really want to do. Let's see if it's possible. What's your, like, give me your goal. Like, you know what, in an ideal world, what would it be? I think ideally they probably want to keep the current place and be able to get another place. Yeah. I think it's convoluted. I'm going to be, hello, Jill Dream Crusher is coming on up. I don't think that's a happening. That's just my two cents. First of all, I think, look, do I think that you could give up the the rental income and have someone else and have all the space and like make this your forever home? Yeah, sure. That I do think you can do. You're not making enough money rental income. You'll be able to figure this out. I have no doubt about that. Do I think you can hold on to this house and buy another house and collect the rent? I don't think that's a, I don't think that that's going to be doable for you guys. You don't make enough money together unless you're like, you know, you have a job where you're not going to like kill it in the next year. But if your husband has a career where all of a sudden, instead of making 110 or 120 grand together, that you are making like 250. Yeah, I get it. You can do that. Based on the numbers today, I need that equity in your house, right? And so if you want to buy a new place, a single family house, then I think you got to sell the duplex, take the 50 grand of equity, roll it into the new place, start over. If it is that you really want this, you love your location with all the trails in the back and you that's your like your heaven, then you can work towards getting rid of the renters, making that duplex, the whole place yours. And it's quite affordable. You've got a cheap mortgage. So I don't think that's a problem. And I don't think the eight fifty a month is all that important. I really don't. I don't think I think you'll be able to make that up. So I think that that's the, you know, that to me would be the goal. But if you're like, ugh, I want different space. I'm sick of the old house thing. That charm thing, totally over it. Then you're gonna sell it and you're gonna roll the equity in and get something new. What do you think of that? That seems like a good game plan. Like if we let go of the renter, kind of just put the brakes on the dream of the next property and yeah, and see how it goes. Yeah, right. I mean, Maybe. and then you know what's interesting. So the top half is the better half, right? So maybe the bottom half is like 
you set it up with like that is his office and now you actually have some because he is self-employed and he is going to be home and maybe now you set it up that way before you start having kids and you say like let's just use our space better and let's like make our lives more meaningful so that we can like when he comes upstairs it's not like he's sitting there at the kitchen table as you're eating and finishing up his emails for the day and get that home office deduction, baby. Exactly. And so the other part of this that's really interesting, we had a, a woman on our other podcast who um, was really interesting. So she and her husband or partner bought the adjacent apartment to them. Where did they live? Mark Queens, I think, right? Yeah. And they bought the adjacent apartment and they did not break through the wall for a very specific reason. They're both self-employed. And so they made that whole extra apartment, which you could do also, that you could say that the bottom half is his office. And then you're taking a huge, huge deduction because he can, he's entitled to that because he is self-employed and it's quite clear, like that is where he works. I think that's a great idea. And then, you know what, if his business is kicking ass, and life is really good, and you have a baby, and you decide you want to do something different with the space, then you do it. But you've got this super sweet mortgage. And this is, I don't know, I feel like this is the, it's annoying to be in a place with old stuff, but starting over is also going to be tough. And rates are already higher. So I think that, I think you have the plan in front of you. And if you decide in a few years, like, I don't want it, then you can, you know, we're here, you know, like, but there are other choices to be made. Thanks. Yeah. So is it really just like the walls that define what you can write off? Like I know when I've done taxes previously, it's kind of like the square footage that his quote office occupies now, which is basically, you know, our living room, one quadrant of the unit. Right. It's the but, same thing. It's It doesn't really mean the walls. It's just easier to define it that way to be okay. like, in other words, you could say, I, again, don't lie. But if you're saying like we use the bottom half of this apartment, and it is his office. It's not like it's so much money. Like it kind of makes sense to me. Like if he had to go get office space in town, how much would it cost him? At least $300. So if you said the half of the ha- half of the bottom unit, right, is his office, mm-hmm. that seems reasonable to me. I mean, the other half might be a little gym, I don't know. <laughs> but like but don't yeah. be a pig, but if he's really down there and he's using the whole thing and you know, it's just much easier to define it that way because then taking a fraction of what you're using of your primary. Yeah, we could get a bigger home office right off. Yeah, totally. Downstairs. Okay. Absolutely. Because it's real because he is doing that. All right. So let's let's do what we, we got right now in front of us. See where you stand. See when you have kids and like stay in touch with us. Thank you. Isn't that good? Do you guys have wills? Uh, no. Mark? <laughs> no. Tell them what to do. Get yourself some wills, god damn it. No. There you go. Uh, I just channeled my inner Jill. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. As you like to call them, Jill, simple sweetheart wills. I leave sweetheart everything wills. to you. You leave everything to me. Yep. Can we just write that down and sign No. <laughs> Mark, where should they go? Just to keep it simple and cheap. I mean, it's a very basic situation. I would check out Policy Genius to start online. Policy Genius, which has been a sponsor of this show, our other broadcast, and the radio show. So I just want to make sure everyone knows I'm not in the pocket of Policy Genius. I do like the CEO a lot, but they have a very easy to use estate planning tool. You can use any um, online tool that you want, okay? It's like 150 bucks. That's what I'm talking about. It's very easy to do, but you should do it, okay? What else do they need, Mark? Do they need some life insurance? You have life insurance through work? Yes. Okay. And what about him? Does he have any life insurance right now? 
Yes, he can get life insurance through my work too. Okay, good. So we are so delighted you joined us. Thank you again. Stay in touch. And if you ever want your dreams crushed, then just um, go to jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button, tell me about all your dreams of what you want to do with your your real estate. And and I will um, uh, do it crush in a nice way. I didn't think that that was a terrible crushing experience, Mark. Do you? No, no, no. You, you, there's been far worse. <laughs> Anyway, if you've got a financial question, head over to our website. It's jillonmoney.com. Click the contact button. Tell us what your question is. While you're there, you can do all sorts of things. Like what, Jill? Well, you know, you might want to go to the blog area and click on that and check out how we've been writing extensively about tax season. You also may want to just listen to other podcasts. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff there in the podcast section. You can watch TV segments and the resources section, of course. Check out the about section so you can see my dog. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Mark Talerse was our co-host. He's the executive producer. He's the webmaster and the interior designer designer for the Jill on Money team. Do you like how I added that? That was from that other episode. We are distributed by Viacom CBS. We drop episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, we would like to remind you to try to do something nice for someone else today. It really is helpful. It's like kind of good juju in the universe. And I'm not some woo-woo chick, but I really like this as, a, as an idea, doing something nice. And we appreciate when you do something nice for us. We are very appreciative for you listening and spending time with us. And remember that we've got a mantra here on the program. It's curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.